0: Internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me Oh, yeah. They are coming to take me away. Well, after a long stretch, my friends, of special shows, starting with Halloween, and uh, we got pelted early. It was uh, after I was reading about how El Nino, our Mexicano friend, was supposed to, meaning the little baby, coming from the southern coast of uh, California, Mexico, was supposed to bring warm air. Well, unfortunately... Siberia and the Arctic and cold Canadian air have won the battle most of the time. So we've had snow and it's been uh, rained away because we have a hurricane come up the east coast from Florida and brought warm rain and winds. And that ha- that's happened for um, as long as I can remember. Since I was a kid in the 60s and I could, you know, going to school and watching TV and, back when you only had five channels and the weather was all over the place. And it still kind of is. They really don't know. They said three to five inches here in the great northeast of Maine, which is the county. And we got about eight or nine inches. So they were a little off there. So, um, yeah, the weather's been all over the place. New Year's uh, was pretty quiet. I read a thing on uh, one of the news channels, Fox or CNN. I watch them all. And I said uh, that about 80% of the percent of the people plan to stay home with family and friends, and I watched the ball drop in uh, Times Square, and it was pouring. Those people got drenched. I mean, usually it's a little chilly and might even be snowing and slush, but it was just pure rain, and it was coming down hard, so those (laughs) those poor people, I'm sure there's a lot of people going to be calling in sick with the flu because they got uh, wet, and although it's not necessarily wet and cold. That gives you the flu, it kind of brings your, your immune system down, and then you get the flu. But anyways, I'm not a doctor, I just play one on TV, Dr. Zombie. That's yeah, one of my new characters I got coming out pretty soon. You'll, you'll be talking more to Dr. Zombie and his friends. <laughs> yeah, having a great time. I love doing the show, I love doing commercials, um, and I love doing stand-up comedy. Um, I really do. I always wanted to do it, always wanted to do comedy. I always wanted to be in the movies and acting. And I went out to California a couple different times. Once for about two years and once for a little over two and a half years. Two different stints. And I went on many, many, many auditions. And never got a national audition. Got local, regional spots, but never got a national. And now those are are the ones that make you famous. Those are the ones that pay big, like McDonald's or Pizza Hut or uh, a Ford commercial or something like that. Something big. Geico, you know, one of those never got one and so um, I'm happy doing my show would I want to be you know have my own late night show on Fox or NBC or Comedy Central sure and I think uh, there are many of my friends and comedian friends and entertainer friends that are probably more talented than some of the people that are already on Uh, Trevor Noah Trevor Noah he's horrible I'm sorry folks Trevor Noah why do they have to bring an English guy over here you don't see Americans on English TV uh, he's terrible. His ratings were in the toilet. They went up some, but he's still on the air. And he's just, he's no John Stewart, that's for sure. And I, listen, there's a rule like doctors and teachers don't talk about other doctors and teachers and coaches and professionals, or whatever. And we have that kind of in comedy. But when something really needs to be said, it needs to be said. And Kevin Spacey is a pervert and he needs to be ousted. And C.K. Lewis is uh, a pervert and he needs to be ousted. I'm sorry. Why do some people get a break and others don't? I don't know. But, uh, anyways, I was in Hollywood, and I, I liked, I uh, loved it. Southern California weather just right for me. And I went through an earthquake, and I wasn't happy about that. Rumble, rumble, rumble. But you have to put up, I've said this many times on the show, you have to put up with something no matter where you live. It's either winter, cold, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, fires, earthquakes, something. <laughs> but uh, crime... <laughs> Loneliness, desertion, nothing to do, something to do in the mountains. I don't know. It's all over the place. You gotta have. You gotta deal with something no matter where you live or where you're at. Traffic. It's always something. But uh I did enjoy it, and uh I wish I had gotten something. But you know, your your time is short. I went out there in my 30s, and uh, I was still teaching many uh, a lot of the time, and. Uh, uh, coaching and raffing, doing you know you could, you could have to make a living because if you you can't count on doing comedy shows all the time there used to be like 87 clubs in los angeles comedy clubs now there's like 18 so comedy was a boom in the 80s and 90s and it kind of panned out with the with, uh, comedy central and cable and those kind of shows coming on <coughs> it kind of dwindled down like disco <laughs> but um there's still quite a few comedy clubs but uh, I enjoy what I'm doing. I always wanted to do it, even as a kid. But you don't go into your guidance counselor when you're a sophomore in high school, 16 years old, 17, and say, I want to be a comedian. I want to work in movies. They'll put you right in special ed. They'll say, what? Well, especially in you know northern Maine, New England. Now, they probably would say, yeah, we have a fine entertainment. Uh, you know, we have a fine theater department. <coughs> So you know, uh, go at it. And uh, there's schools like Emerson and many other schools. Emerson's by Boston that specializes in entertainment and editing and film and TV and all that, all that uh, good stuff. So now there are schools for it. But I went to be a teacher and a coach. I like teaching and I like coaching. And so then later on, I decided to get into comedy. And uh, there you have it. But uh, we're ringing in the new year here on the Toxic Wiseass Show on Renegade Talk Radio. And uh, we're going to be trying to do a lot of promotions for promotions for all of our great shows here on Renegade Talk Radio from Las Vegas, Nevada. Have you been watching the bowl games? Well, I've been calling the national championship games the Boring Bowl and the Toilet Bowl because uh, Notre Dame got smoked like a kielbasa. I thought they might have a chance because Clemson had a few players suspended. And what was it? 28-3. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. I don't know. Come on, Notre Dame. Come on, really? You go to the national championship game undefeated and you get your ass kicked like that? Oof. And then, of course, uh, Alabama didn't really kick the snot out of, uh, uh, Oklahoma, but it wasn't really close. Both games are really, really, really boring. Yeah, and uh, I imagine Alabama's going to win. But, you know, I don't know. Clemson might give them a game. We'll have to see. Celtics up and down. Again, win, lose, win, lose. I call them the Boston Yo-Yos because uh, they are just so up and down. The uh, Bruins lost in the big uh, Illinois-Notre Dame park where they iced it up, and they got beat by the Blackhawks. It was kind of an omen. Uh, Leprechaun was out skating, and he uh, went right into a, a pole or something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, so in the Patriots, you get the bye week. They'll be weighing uh winner of the wild card games. I'm not sure if it's the Colts or Texans they get to play. Well, they beat both, but... I don't know. I'm, I, trust, I trust the Patriots at home, but if they have to go on the road, mm, not so much. But my uncle, uh, Luggy, his real name was Lloyd, named after my cousin Lloyd. My cousin Lloyd was named after him, the one that passed. My dear, close cousin, we were like brothers, <coughs> passed from that tragic accident. He's the one that I uh, always said, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun. True. And I used to complain about the Celtics. He says, hey, look, what do they want, 17? What are you going to do? You can't win them all. Otherwise, what's it mean, right? If everybody went to Harvard, Harvard wouldn't be Harvard. By the way, Harvard didn't want me. I didn't apply. But I'm sure they would have said, uh, no, thanks. What, what, what What have they missed? They missed a great guy like me. (laughs) <laughs> I had a lot of friends who went. To, well I won't say a lot but I knew uh, a substantial amount of people went to Harvard one good friend of mine just now a doctor in Massachusetts Glenn Crawford Dr. Glenn had a photographic memory <clears> he <throat> remembered everything now I have a photographic memory too but just no film in the camera <laughs> but uh, you know you think of them as snobby but I knew some Harvard people and they weren't snobby Ivy League I knew some people went to Princeton and and uh, some of those other Ivy League schools, and they weren't snobby. I met a lot of rich people in Hollywood going to parties, agent parties. <coughs> there was a place up in uh, Toluca Lake, and uh, it's a place where everybody stayed. Oakwood Apartments had uh, oh, great big party places, uh, Olympic-sized pools, hot tubs, jacuzzis. A basketball court, tennis court, everything. And I met Leonardo DiCaprio there and Peter. Uh, uh, Peter, what's his name, Bickerstaff or whatever his name is from uh, you Shoot Your Eye Out. And uh, so many other, other people <coughs> had a good time. And I found most of them. And I went to parties in Beverly Hills and uh, some other, uh, Bel Air. And I never found anybody to talk like this, like they make fun of on The Family Guy. Hi, my name is J.P. the III. And they all talk snobby. I mean, I'm sure there are people like that, but I didn't meet too many of them. Most of them were pretty down to earth. They worked hard for what they got, most of them. And so uh, they were pretty good. Same growing up. I knew rich people in high school They had money. And I knew uh, many more rich people. In college, because I went to UMaine Fort Kent, <coughs> which is way up in the north, and uh, people who wanted to go to some other colleges may not be able to get in, so they sent them to Maine, Fort Kent, UMaine Fort Kent to uh, to uh, get their degrees. And people, a uh, lot of, from New York, a lot from Massachusetts, and many from Connecticut, rich areas, Milford, New Milford, some of the snobby areas. And I had some friends; their parents on planes and jets limos and all that stuff at their at their yachts and so forth and they were they were good guys all of them so can't uh, always judge a book by its cover and we try not to here on the toxic wise I show again here on renegade rock, R- rock Renegade rock and talk radio sure on uh, so thanks for listening and uh, we're gonna have much more coming up for you on the new year shows all of them Hey, my wife is starting to have female problems, you know. She's starting not to look like one. <laughs> i tell you, you know, I got a million of them. Hey, i tell you, you know, we went, went to the zoo and people started throwing peanuts at her, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a little Rodney Dangerfield. Remember him? No respect. Oh, uh, he was funny. You know, he had an up and down, speaking of yo-yos, he had an up and down career. He um, He struggled, and then... Actually, when he was on the Ed Sullivan show, I believe, he actually was out working at his regular job. And I, I can't remember what his regular... Some kind of salesman. He was some kind of salesman. And, and I think door to door. And uh, he was actually... When he came on the show, back then, of course, there was no DVR or whatever, or, or VHS or capabilities of recording anything other than uh, motion pictures 8mm super 8 16 whatever and that's how they used to do the news by the way all the news was captured on film had to be taken back and developed now they can either do it digitally or send it back uh, via air, uh, via email or uh, internet and uh, instantly but back in the days right up until the 80s really in a lot of cases and 70s is for sure for sure 60s and 70s they used 16mm uh, to uh, do special reports and programs and news and it was always shipped around in cases of 16mm and then they'd do a a game then of course a videotape came out in the 60s and it wasn't very good it was a helicon scale I believe they call it reel to reel, mostly Sony black and white Uh, remember they used to do high school games back in the day and they'd have a Friday night game that would be taped and you'd see it like at 11.30 or midnight, something like that, local high school games, uh, basketball And, um, but anyway, Rodney, he was, uh, I think doing a sales, actually working some kind of sales job, and he was in somebody's house, and on he comes, on the Ed Sullivan Show. Right on our show, right here, tonight, the impeccable Rodney Dangerfield. Thank you, thank you, folks. I can, I can kind of see it now, you know. I loved Ed Sullivan. I mean, he looked like a zombie, but, uh, you know. Back when you only got four, five, six channels sometimes at the most, including PBS and uh, maybe some channels, Canadian channels, you you had to watch what was on, Uh, the variety. Not like now we have 1,200 channels in some cases. But um, anyways, I always liked Rodney. And uh, they say when he used to make those movies, you know, uh, Caddyshack and some of these other movies, uh, uh, Back to School, where he went back to college with his son, and he was a, like a multimillionaire. They say that he just they just kind of let him improv. They had lines for him, but overall they just kind of let him, you know. He used to be kind of like twitchy and nervous and wasn't really used to doing movies. You know, he was a, 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 a club comic, so he wasn't really used to doing movies. So he uh, just kind of ad-libbed it, and uh, they let him do it because it was funny. You know, with guys like Robin Williams, Rodney Dangerfield, and and uh, some of these other improv type guys, stars, comedians, you just let them go, and it's, and it's going to be better than anything you could probably write. And the funniest part in the uh, of course, the uh, the Caddyshack movie, the first one, is where the uh, they empty the pool, <laughs> and, uh, and there's a candy bar, and everyone thinks it's a turd. Oh God, that was hilarious. And Bill Murray had the part as the groundskeeper, and he was always after that gopher, Vermin Kong, you know, he used to call him Varmint Kong, he was always trying to blow him up, and uh, oh, that was, was a funny movie, one of the first uh, really out there funny movies that was kind of different from anything else, When that come out in 82, 83, Caddyshack? And then they made a second one, wasn't as good, the second ones are never as good. But anyway, this is the Toxic wise Show. I'm your host, Mark Chaplin, here, uh, Renegade Talk Radio from Las Vegas, the studio. And, but I'm doing my show from the great northeast, New England, northern Maine, our six beautiful New England states, where we have, I think, 38 total championships. And football, the Patriots, Celtics, I think have 17. Patriots have five. Been to the Super Bowl ten times. The Red Sox, I think, have four championships, maybe five. And of course, just one one. And the Bruins, I think, have four, three or four. So it all adds up, I think, to like 30-something championships. So um, very impressive. And Celtics have, like I said, 17 championships. Should have had a couple more that second year they played the Lakers and uh, Kendrick Perkins got hurt. They w- I think they would have won that game. Kobe wouldn't hurt himself in that game, of course. Next year he tears his Achilles and he's out for the year. But, uh, oh, well. We were happy to get that one championship. We would have liked to have two, but we'll take it. Time for a little movie review. Um, there's a bunch of movies out there now. Hallmark has finally hauled off its Christmas programming and brought back its regular programming, like Frasier, and I love, love I love Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Uh. Um, after I think they started even earlier. I think they started like even before Halloween, playing their Christmas shows. Enough. I love Christmas, but enough. Is enough. Uh, I've always said about movies: if you don't recognize, then uh, it doesn't mean it's not going to be good. But if you don't recognize the uh, actors and or producers, they can make the they can make the box look good or the or the uh, movie poster look good or even the previews look good, but the movie may suck. Uh, there's a movie called The Wrong Patient. I give it a D. Not very good. Um, Taylor Swift has a a video out or show out called Reputation and it's kind of good I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan there's a movie called Demonologist stay away from that not very good looks like it's going to be but it's not a really uh, weird movie called State Like Sleep and it's about a girl her mother gets sick and she's overseas in Belgium and she meets uh, a strange guy and they kind of fall in love back and forth I give it a C because to tell you the truth I didn't know what the hell was going on um, it had some, I mean, it was, a, it was an A movie, and it had uh, Michael uh, Shannon in it, who I like. He played Elvis, and when Elvis meets the Lincoln, I mean Lincoln, <laughs> Elvis meets uh, Nixon, which was a good movie, and based on true story. So I give that like a C+, because I, I really didn't know what was going on. Then there's a movie called Wildlife, and that's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and it takes place in the early 60s, and it's about a guy and his wife and their kid. They're all struggling to make a living, and he's kind of out there doing different things. And um, I give that a, a C+. Plus. Cause I, uh, well, I'll give it a B-, minus because uh, <coughs> it was nostalgic, because it w- took place in the early 60s. And a movie called Where Hands Touch, about an African-American girl who was German, but living, up, living in Berlin during World War II in Berlin in 1944-45 and um, the Jews and Jews and gypsies and other unlikables and uh, non-Nazis and if you disagreed with them, anybody, you disagreed with them, off you went to the concentration camp. Well, she survives a long time and finally she gets sent to a concentration camp, her and her family, and uh, just shows you the struggles. That is basically, uh, that is based on a true story, and. Um, I liked it very, very good. A, an A, yes, an A, because it's a true, very, uh, very good movie. Drama, romance, war—you get the whole thing in there. And some, I won't, I won't even have to give away the plot because it's uh, kind of surprising. Some things that happen, and I always love movies about history. Uh, there's a movie called Henchmen. It's an animation, and uh, lost me. I, uh, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't tell what was going on, even though it's a cartoon. Movie called The Favorite, and this is based on uh, Queen Anne from the uh, late 1600s, um, who was uh, Queen of England, Ireland, and Scotland, and it kind of hints on some of her odd and weird lifestyles and activities. You'll have to see it. Man, the scenery and the, uh, the background and the props are oh, unreal. I mean, it must have cost millions of dollars, and I give it an A-, minus. it was a very good movie. you have to see it. Uh, fear level, terrible. I give that a D. The uh, only thing fear about it would be if I had to pay to see it. A movie called Laundry Man, not very good, D. Made, I think, with a cell phone camera, so if you see it in the blue box or red box or whatever they call it, or on-demand, don't watch it. Another movie called Videotape, Really, really strange movie. D-minus. I had no idea what was going on. I think half of it was shot in black and white. I don't even know what the plot was. Somebody got high and made a movie. And, whew, man, I'm getting worn out here doing these, uh, doing these reviews. And Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford. Uh, B-plus. Again, based on a true story. And um, about a bank robber from the 70s and 80s. Very good movie. Yeah, with Sissy Spacek and Robert Redford, who still can act, boy. Same with The Mule, Robert Redford. And uh, I give that uh, an A, too. So, I'm still waiting to see. I haven't seen the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, but they say it's really bad. But I want to see it for myself. I might be surprised. I might laugh. Someone said it's so bad that it's funny. But most people are saying that it's just plain bad. Many have walked out. And it might, they, somebody said also, well, critics said, that it might be one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, so we'll have to see. And then, of course, I'm waiting to see the Laurel and Hardy documentary. Shay Olley. There's another fine mess you've got me into. I love those guys. And they were the, really the first uh, big stars of uh, comedy screen with Charlie Chaplin and Marx Brothers and W.C. Fields and, um, the Three Stooges and all that, all that bunch. Yeah, before Jerry Lewis, before any of those, uh, comedians in the 50s and 60s came up, they were, uh, they were the, uh, gold standard for comedy, Laurel and Hardy. Started out making silent movies. So, uh, for Max Sennett, I do believe. So, um, that's it. That's our movie review. And, uh, like I said, if it, you don't recognize it, and of course Aquaman was good—not uh, the Aquaman you're thinking of from the comic book days. He doesn't look anything like that. So, um, but still good, and I think making money. Um, I, I also heard that uh, the movie uh, Immortal Machines—that's going to lose like hundred million dollars. <laughs> wow! When you like to just have a hundred million dollars to lose, sad. So, uh, and there'll be other movies coming out and previews, and we'll be taking a look at them. And that's our movie review here on the Toxic Wise Wiseass Show on Renegade Talk Radio. Happy New Year again. We're in the new year. Can't believe it. Weather is up and down again. It snows, and then it rains, and then it's, last night it was 19 below. Straight 19 below. Not even with a wind chill. Wow. And during the days, it's not quite that bad. And when the wind is up, it really makes a big, big difference. I can tell you from being a native uh, northerner, northern Mainer, that when the wind does come up, in the winter especially, it makes a big difference, especially trying to keep your house warm. In our house, we have a furnace. We have a wood stove downstairs, but we don't use it in the basement. And two electric fireplaces. I'd like to have a real one, but they need tending and real work, and the electric is so much easier and cleaner. A little more expensive, but still, uh, nice to have, especially on these uh, 20 below nights. Uh, World news. Kim Jong-un's been quiet. I've been very quiet, thank you. Don't know what's going on with him. Who knows? They better keep an eye on him. Better keep an eye on me, bitches. Because you can't really trust him. Donald J. Trump's trying to get the wall. And I think it's $5 billion. Sounds cheap for a wall that's going to go like 2,000 miles or whatever. I don't know if he's going to get it done. The Democrats, uh, I don't think they're going to work with him. So we'll have to see. Um, everything else is kind of quiet. Uh, Russia says they have a, one of our spies and we have one of theirs. They have one of our spies. Supposedly it's a businessman who used to be in the Army and he was... Uh, discharged, uh, dishonorably discharged from, I think, the Army or the Marines. And he's a businessman over there, and they've arrested him. He went to a wedding in Russia, and they arrested him. Folks, I hate going to weddings. Anyway, I didn't want to go to mine. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm not going to Russia for any GD wedding. I can tell you that. Especially if there's a chance I'm going to get arrested. Can you say, what an idiot? So now I guess he's in a gulag or something. I don't know. They're holding him. They probably just want to exchange him for the woman they have here that they say is a spy. Maybe that's just a good idea. Just exchange him. We don't want to keep her over here in one of our prisons. And they probably don't want to keep him. So we ought to just switch him. That's what they normally, usually do anyway, most of the time. So let's just exchange him and be done with this mess. Because it seems Russia also has a new... Intergalactic space monster? No, they don't. They have a new system for uh delivering nuclear warheads, and we're going to be working on it too. And I think it's just sad because we're we're probably more alike than we are different, and we have different ideas about government. But uh, we both celebrate cr- uh, Christmas, and uh, we're both family-oriented countries. We both them <laughs> when you both have McDonald's and Burger Kings and so forth, then you shouldn't be at odds with each other. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. I always thought uh, that we were always more alike than we were different in our cultures. I mean, we both like to be happy. We both like to be warm. We both like to be entertained. We both like good economy, healthy living, and entertainment, and uh, just just to be alive and happy. So, um, a lot of cultures seems like they just want to be miserable and kill ISIS, for example, so I think with Russia we have more in common than we don't even though they still say the Cold War is on but, uh, I think it's more of a cold chill than too cold of a war but anyway, that's just my humble opinion things can change really fast they sure can, and that's uh, that's about it on the news front here in, uh on the Toxic Wise-Ass show, um Again, hoping that you're going to have a great new year. I'm on my new program. I don't call it a diet. I call it a program. And I'm trying to, uh, I am eating some like health bars, nutrition bars, um, and some drinks to try to combat my uh, desire for chocolate. And uh, using Slim Fast and have it once or twice a day then carrots celery with a little bit of peanut butter on them but i'm mostly cutting out drinking too much soda and the candy and sweets like i always have to have a dessert after dinner cake pie ice cream and i'm going to treat myself every once in a while to something but you've got to get on a big plan of uh you know just sticking to your plan (laughs) and I'm i'm still playing basketball and and uh, trying to swim at least once a week. So uh, busy with basketball twice a week. So I played last night and I'm very sore. My legs are sore, but it, it's a good soreness because it's a workout soreness from, from feeling good from working out, so. And after a nice hot bath or hot shower or both, uh, and some creams and some Tylenol and hot tea, uh, I feel pretty good, even though it's uh, 20 below here in the great Northeast. Folks, have you ever watched an episode of Live PD? It's on A&E. Hey, that rhymes. Live PD on A&E. At first, uh, you know, I always liked to show cops. Not bad, boys, bad. I even went out for a few auditions when I was in California. I think it was Langley and Barber. Was a casting or production company? I can't remember. Uh, I think I went out to play a priest or something once. Uh, didn't get the part. Guess I didn't look saintly enough. But uh, I prefer these real-life action cop shows... Where they follow you around. only thing I don't like is the, the cam, the uh, police cam. because Not because it's not exciting or they don't have good stuff. Because it gives you a headache. The way it shakes. it reminds me of the home movies I made when I was a kid with my Kodak Brownie 300 8mm camera. With an F16, believe, uh, lens. And my Brownie 300 projector with a 300-watt bulb, 200-foot capacity, where I showed many, many, many thousands of times movies over and over again from about 1964, 65 to about 75, 10 years. Sometimes the same movie. I had the Bella Lagosa 8-millimeter, 200-foot Dracula from Castle Films in black and white, silent, with captions. I must have shown that a thousand times. But anyways, getting back to Live PD. Uh, I love this show. I'm, and I much prefer Live PD cops or whatever, uh, the female cops, lady cops of Arizona. There's several out there. And this is my favorite one because they have like ten stations they go to from Rhode Island to Texas to Arizona to California, Florida, uh, all over the place. And there's probably a few states they haven't done yet. But It's amazing. It seems like everybody, and I don't, I don't know if they pick out the best ones. It seems like they just kind of do them at random because they have so many stations that they go to, and they have a big uh, headquarters with TVs and people monitoring TVs and monitors and computers, and they have two or three hosts, usually a couple hosts, and then they have a guest, like a, a, a you know a cop comes on, like with his police dog. And uh, I, I, I like it. I much prefer it to NYPD or all these fake cop shows that are on, NCIS, SS, whatever it is, where they just, uh, they might take real stories and, and turn them into shows, but I like the real thing. And the real thing is kind of scary sometimes because it's amazing. I mean, I was brought up to, uh, you know, behave with authority, teachers, coaches, older parents, grandparents, elders, police, people in authority. And it's amazing the lip that they get from these people. And it doesn't matter what race or religion or man or female, the women are just as bad. They uh, they get stopped. They have no license, uh, n- sometimes no ID, no no um, registration, no inspection, no registration. We'll oftentimes they have a warrant. Most of the times they are drunk or drugs and have the drugs on them. And, and they always say, that's not mine. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, I've seen where they have, like, uh, bags of dope up their ass, and they'll say, oh, da- how'd that get there? And that's not mine. <laughs> so Someone just shoved a bag of dope up your ass and you didn't know it? Okay, that's that's hilarious. Uh, but they, especially city cops, I've always felt uh, great empathy because, and I lived in L.A. and Boston area in New York for a while, especially L.A., for about five years, a couple years, couple times on and off like two years and then two and a half years after a break coming home to do New England comedy clubs for a year or so and uh, going on auditions out there and I you, you know the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Department they don't they don't bother with small time stuff like you know you're going a mile an hour over the speed limit or two miles they have as they say much bigger fish to fry you know bank robberies and big cartels and gangs and oh all the prostitution and and drug lords they have believe me they're not interested in you going 5 miles an hour over the speed limit you know it's uh they have much bigger problems to tackle and uh i i i only spoke to LAPD i'd see them a couple times uh like out to eat or something and uh they were doing their job they never bothered me uh, one time there was a domestic couple having a fight yelling to me to call a policeman from uh uh, a top it was a, a gay couple and they were on top of the, I was going to the supermarket and they were on top of their condo and they were one was yelling, "Hey, sir, can you call the police? My boyfriend's beating me up." So I came down and luckily there was a uh, came down the street and luckily there was a LAPD sitting right in the parking lot and you know they they're quite seen. They're quite around so um i got him and i told him and i don't know what happened after that but uh i never had too much interaction with him i had a couple lapd friends that i used to play basketball with out there and uh so but i love that show and uh it's always something interesting when they do a stop you never know like i just saw a teenage girl she wouldn't open up the door for a cop and he's like i'm gonna smash the window finally she opens it and then she tried to run uh, and that's another thing. The car chases, they 99% of the time they get caught, and then you have a felony car chase. And I don't know what they get, like an extra year or two in prison or jail or whatever. They get in some extra trouble for trying to get away when, obviously, you're not going to get away because they have several, especially nowadays with helicopters and um police all over the place with their computers and everything it's like uh, they swarm on you and you're not getting away i've seen them run into the woods run into the hills run into the mountains run into the swamp and they just uh, they get caught and it's uh just extra turmoil for everybody and someone could get killed on these high-speed chases so that's uh that's and, spe- and speaking of authority i want to talk about the different types of uh coaches that are out there now I've played for tough coaches I've played for middle of the road coaches and I've played for easy going coaches and you know it kind of all depends you can't make chicken soup out of chicken shit, so I don't care how good or bad or the reputation of the coach is if you don't have talent, you're not going to win you know and if you have talent, you have to put it to its best use i guess that's that's the only way you can really uh judge a a a coach is he if he's got talent, can he put it to use if he's got so 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 talent can he make them better? And then you had the special on ESPN about Bobby Knight, who I don't think I would want to play for. He's too, what we'd say, over the top. My high school coach, Mr. Terry Spurling, he was tough on us, but he was fair. And he never used uh, uh, vile language. He never used profanity. Um, He made us want to compete. He made us uh, want to be loyal and make no excuses and be tough, really. But, uh, you know, I've seen other coaches that were easygoing. I mean, you got, like, Dukes, Mike Krzyzewski. He very seldom gets fired up. And then you got other coaches that go kind of cuckoo and nuts. But uh, the days, I think, of the over-abusive uh, coaches are probably gone because kids shouldn't and don't want to go through that anymore. And, and I don't blame them. I mean, there's uh, much more to do nowadays than when I was a kid. You used to see 60, 70 kids trying out for a basketball team in high schools. Now, Sometimes they only have 10, 20 kids try out at schools here in at least northern Maine. I'm sure in the cities it's different. But uh, a lot of kids just don't want to dedicate the time and the effort. And if they don't think they're going to get to play much and sit the bench, well, who wants to sit on the bench? Not not kids anymore, really. They don't. They maybe find another sport, hockey or an, uh chess team or the music team or just do nothing just get a part-time job or something i do have to say that many of the kids that students that i went to w- college and high school with that uh, could have played and didn't or didn't even try out they always tell me they regret it they regret not trying out or quitting or giving up or going to work you got th- my high school coach mr sperling again terry sperling he used to say you got the rest of your life to work and you can, get, you can find jobs, if you really want to, that go around your schedule for basketball. But those four months, November, December, January, February, that you are dedicated to basketball, you can't make excuses. Oh, I can't go. i got to hang now. Oh, i got to work. No. Nope. And when I coached, I was the same way. I was kind of in the road, middle of the road. I was tough uh, in a way because I like to win. I like the kids to to improve themselves because confidence is one of the hardest things to teach kids. You can't really teach it. It's got to come naturally, and it's got to come from them. And I think the best way to get confidence is just keep playing and play against the best that, uh, opposition that you can find, the best competition you can find. That will make you better, which will give you more confidence. And it's all up in your head, you know, most of the time. Why is that shot not going to win, you know? My high school coach again, Terry Sperling, used to say, you should be surprised if you miss a shot, not if you make one. And that's true. That's how you should... Uh, and you should want to play. You shouldn't want to sit the bench. You should want to strive to play. So, and that's my take uh, on coaches. And It's quite simple. They don't really often talk about it that much, other than to have specials about either Bobby Knight or Mike Shashewsky or, you know, uh, John Wooden, easygoing coach. You know, used to roll up a program and just kind of. Then you had uh, Jerry Tarkanian used to chew a towel. So you have all coaches all that do different things a different way. But being abusive to your players and uh, students is not the best way to do it, that's for sure. And I certainly wouldn't want to be a part of that. So, that's our opinion here on the Toxic Wise Show on Renegade Talk Radio. We hope you're having a new year. We hope all your New Year dreams are coming true or look like they might. Well, you well, that's the end of our show here on the Toxic Wise Ass Show on Renegade Talk Radio. A couple quick sports updates: uh, Cowboys beat the Seahawks in the uh, uh, prelims, uh, wild card games, and the Colts upset the Texans. So we'll have more on that later. But uh, thanks for tuning in here on the Toxic Wise Ass Show. And they're coming to take me away, so I gotta go to the rubber room. <laughs> you thought it was a joke, and so. And I had said that losing you would make me flip my lid. Right? You know you laughed. I heard you laugh. You laughed. You laughed and laughed. And then you left. But now you know I'm utterly mad. And they're coming to take me away. Ha ha. They're coming to take me away. Ho ho. Hee hee. Ha ha. It's happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes and they're coming to take me away.